time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. I mean, the truth is, if we're dirty, if our conduit's dirty, if we're not doing our work to upkeep the physical and the emotional, the the skill of surrender will never come through because the body's always going to be in sympathetic. It's always going to be like fight and flight and taking care of shit. Uh, True intelligence can't get through. It can't get in the conduit if we're blocking it with the dirt that we're creating. This podcast is brought to you by Organifi and the Biohacker Bundle. So as entrepreneurs, biohackers, and busy professionals, we understand the importance of eating healthy, but there never seems to be enough time and it can get really expensive. Well, one of my best biohacking secrets for spending as much time as possible in a state of peak physical and mental performance and getting my body and mind what they need is the Biohacker Bundle. And here's how I use it. Every morning, we wake up and we're depleted and dehydrated. That's why you want to start your day with a big glass of clean water, and I add one or two scoops of Organifi green juice. It's got this super herb, ashwagandha, in it that's been shown in scientific studies to increase your resistance to stress so that rather than waiting till later in the day when that stress arises, by starting your day with this Organifi green juice, you increase your resistance to stress and increase the probability that you're going to be more cool, calm, and collected throughout the day. Then, after your workout, comes Organifi Complete Protein. It's USDA organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, soy-free, dairy-free, and vegan. And it provides your body with the amino acids and protein it needs to rebuild after a workout. And most importantly, maintain healthy body composition. Then at some point in the afternoon, you're gonna need a break. That's where you come in with Organifi Red Juice. It's got cordyceps that keeps your body and brain oxygenated so that you avoid that afternoon energy dip that can slow you down and keep you from hitting your goals. And last but not least, Organifi Gold. I use this every night as I'm winding down for bed. It's got turmeric in there, which is one of the world's most powerful anti-inflammatories. But my favorite ingredient is the lemon balm because it helps your body relax and slip into that deep restful night's sleep where you're sleeping like a baby and you're waking up charged up, excited, and ready to take on the day. And if you want to put the biohacking bundle to work for you, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, and enter discount code biohacks to save 20%. It's the best biohacking secret I've found for maintaining physical and mental performance throughout the day, and I've tested thousands. To get yours, go to www.organifi.com forward slash biohacks and enter discount code biohacks to save 20% now. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Josh Trent is the founder of Wellness Force and host of Wellness Force Radio, which is an amazing podcast. He spent the past 16 years as a trainer, researcher, and facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. Josh Trent, welcome to the show. Anthony, thank you for having me, man. Pleasure. And you, we were talking offline. You just got back from doing the uh, Kyle Kingsbury's podcast, the Human Optimization Hour in, in Austin. Yes, yes. What a great place, isn't it? I mean, on it, they're really like the epitome of what happens when intention and alignment and service to humanity really comes to a fulcrum, man. It was just a joy to be there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, did you get a workout in at the, at, on at HQ? I, I did not. I, I stayed with, uh, the founder of paleo seeker. His name's Dr. Chad Walding. So we got some mobility work and some walking and hiking, but Austin's a beautiful place, man. I love it there. Nice. Beautiful. And then what did, uh, what did you and Kyle dig into, or do we have to stay tuned for the release of the podcast? I think, I don't know what their rules are, but we talked about, you know, a lot of things that I'm really stoked to talk with you about and, and to your community. And that is, you know, this optimization of the human whether man or woman, um, just how do we live this life? Well, you know, that's, that's really what my journey is with wellness for us is just understanding this discovering process of the physical, the emotional, uh, and really the intelligence behind it all. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit about some of the ways that we get in our own way. Uh, and yeah. this, like the three phases of intelligence that you mentioned, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, we're in this society right now, Anthony, and it seems like every page I'm on online or in conversations when I go about in my life, it seems like people are majority, the majority of people are gathering. You know, they're just gathering, 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 gathering. And, and the human mind, like we can only take in so much information before, as Paul Check would say, you know, the bathtub gets full and the water spills out when it comes to stress or education. So I just feel like true intelligence based on my journey and based on a lot of people's journeys that I respect in our industries, like, you know, one phase of intelligence is that we gather and that's a, that's a valid phase. But then once we've gathered enough and that intuition tells us to go to the second phase, I think the second phase, man, is really the application of that knowledge. You know, the doing where you actually go through the workouts, you do the mobility, you try the different tools and, and the tactics for biohacking. And then the third phase comes, um, I think, on a continuation of mastery where we actually embody the lessons. You know, when people see us, they can just tell that we've done the work. They can tell like, you know, this person's trustable. This person's peaceful. This person's healthy, not just physically, but also emotionally. So I think it's, it's the gathering, the application, and also the embodiment, man, that really makes up uh, intelligence. And was, when did you come to that realization? Was it something you struggled with? Were you an information oh, yeah. hoarder at one point in your life? Yeah, man. I mean, I had a, I had a huge weight loss story. It's what led me to be a personal trainer for 10 years. And um, I had a lot of worthiness issues as a kid. I had a lot of confidence issues, uh, struggled with anxiety for the far majority of my life. Um, many different practices have helped me work through that and still maintain a threshold of transcendence. But, um, you know, the, the concept of intelligence having three parts, honestly, Anthony came through this year, came through this year through, um, some different, uh, healing workshops, some different ceremonies with plants, some different introspections with mentors, and just really understanding that uh, I am not the information I gather. I am the soul that applies and embodies that information. So that's been my journey in 2018, man. 2018 has been the ultimate teacher, uh, the ultimate teacher this year. That's, that's a lesson that I've been learning over the past few years as well. And, and I made the mistake of putting too much value on the protocols and the information and the strategies for a long time and felt like a lot of that was what gave me my worth. If I, if I had the best protocols and the most advanced effective strategies, then I was the, the person that people would want to go to. I would be able to help the most people. And then you start realizing that a, that shit bores a lot of people and you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're much more entertained by story yeah. jokes and like, we'll, we'll watch, we'll watch Netflix all day and, you know, binge on Breaking Bad or Ozarks or whatever you're into house of cards even if there's a video that we know watching this and applying it and embodying it could change our life. Yeah. Um, so for, for, I was like, for me to really be able to have the impact that I know is possible, I got to get better at that stuff. I got to get better at telling stories and, and make it not about this information exchange. That's a part of it, but it's a smaller part than being a human and a spirit. This is why I love podcasting. This is why I love this conversation because it's a real dialogue that's not rushed. And I think with podcasts, this is why we're seeing this long form content have a resurgence because this, you know, Rudolf Steiner and Paul Check, they both really focus on this adage of there's four components to a society being successful. And, you know, if these things are missing, like the society is under attack and it's, are you dancing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop singing? When did you stop spending time with yourself? And most importantly, when did you stop telling stories? Th these components is what makes up the fabric of a healthy society. Whoa, and so I think that's dude, why. That's, that's huge. Recap that, please. Those are, yeah. I'm, I'm like, nope, nope. 
<laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, man. And, and I think this is why people resonate with your show so much and why I think we're seeing this um, peeling of the layer in wellness because with like true wellness, it's the convergence of innate intelligence, which is like in our bodies, societal intelligence, which is the way that we interact with another, and also spiritual intelligence, you know, connection to higher power. Like these intelligences came through way before we were here. You know, way back when there was like Lucy drinking water out of the stream as a, as a early uh, ape, we came from this ethos of connection, spiritual and, and physical and emotional connection. So Rudolf Steiner is someone that Paul Cech and Paul Cech is like, you know, really the, um, I guess you could say the godfather of wellness, you know, 30, 40 years in the wellness industry. He was doing things on a Swiss ball. He was doing different periodizations and templates for exercises when no one was ever doing them. And now they're all copying his work. And so he and Rudolf Steiner both believe that, you know, when we stop doing those four things, that's when really the society, the fabric of society, society is starting to unravel. And, and singing, I mean, how, when's the last time that anyone sang, you know, like singing is such a natural thing for us to exude emotion. We have all this water in our body and that water holds a charge. So when we power up our diaphragm and when we do our holotropic breathing and our, and our ohms or our singing, it literally codes the water in our body with whatever we're saying out, whatever we're vibrating out. So that singing part's huge. And, and then the second thing is, when do we stop telling stories? And you touched on it in the beginning of the show, man. Our ability to tell story, our ability to feel the words that are coming out of our mouth, that's just as valuable as any piece of information. And at, can I curse on your show? Of course, man. Have <laughs> okay, good. I think, what really, <laughs> I think what really frustrates me is um, people are really focused on information, but they're not focused on being honest when they tell the story about what they know. In other words, if I'm smart, if I'm neck up with my approach to life, well, then people will think I'm worthy. People will think I'm credible. People will think I'm, you know, distinguished and whatnot. But that's not what people connect with. People connect with story. Um, and then the other two aspects are, are pretty deep as well. So singing, dancing, taking time for yourself, and yeah. then telling stories. Telling stories. Yeah. These, these components, man, I think, you know, those are the original biohack, right? Mm -hmm. and everything that we do in this modern era is to bring us closer to those. You know, whether it's, whether it's juve to get proper light, whether it's um, the halo to get like our brain actually connected to our body, whether it's like the casino to, to get into a space where we're sleeping well, like so many different things that we can use in biohacking. It, honestly, if you, if you really break it down to its core, we're just using these tools so we get back to the way that our bodies and our minds and hearts were designed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and there, there may even be a component here just talking out loud with, with singing and speaking uh, where the intention of where your words are coming from and how that vibration affects you may very well play a role in our ability to attract the things that we're speaking about. You mm. know, there's, there's a big difference between wanting something and desiring something and having an intention for it and keeping it to yourself versus telling other people about it and saying that, especially if you're coming from a place of love and excitement and passion, that desire to bring it in. I have to imagine that also charges the water and affects us in, in a facet along the same lines as singing. Oh man, I, I think you're on the right point here because if, if you look, I think his name is Marimoto. Um, it's the energies of water and Masaru, there's actually- Masaru Moto or something like Masaru that. Masaru Moto, yes. Yeah. I always mess his name up. I don't know what that it's is. It's a tough one. But, I may have messed it up too. I don't know. <laughs> but it's we'll essentially it about the- it's about the coating of water. And so um, there's been multiple studies. Recently, there was plants in a high school. Um, this, this video on Facebook had over 30 million views. There was a plant that was placed at the end of the hallway and a sister plant, identical plants. Um, over the course of, of I believe, two weeks, students would scream and yell and push anger towards one of the plants. And then the other plant, they would love it and tell it how beautiful it is and tell it how awesome and how, how proud they are to have it in their lives. And at the end of the two weeks, the plant that received the anger, the plant that received the violence was withered and started to decay. And the other plant was vibrant and green. Well, look, we're all made from crushed up stars that were like billions of years ago. So if you look at the fabric of the molecular structure of life, we need connection. We need adulation. We need certain things that um, are essentially under attack right now. They're really under attack. And I think these plants are, are the scientific example of that. There is, I mean, that study is fascinating. I'm 
excited to look it up. There's a similar study, at least energetically, where they took, I believe it was in, in the UK, they took cress and they had one of these, you know, trays of cress. Um, I don't know. It's sort of like a sprout or something like that. It's a plant. And they put it right by a Wi-Fi router. And then they had another one that they didn't. And, um, a similar effect, as you can imagine, the one that was right by the Wi-Fi router was it died. And, uh, yeah. and the other one was, was just fine. And, you know, sister plants as well. Um, there's a lot of things that are affecting us biologically and affect all living organisms that are unseen. And, um, we, we sometimes have a, a tendency to preoccupy ourselves only with, with the things that we can see and touch. But oh man, is- the, the most, the most powerful things are the ones you can't see. You right. Know, you, can't, yeah. you can't see love. You can only feel it. Yeah. Um, we can't see the harmful effects of 5G until it's, you know, probably going to be too late. And that's why I'm, I'm really still, I don't know if you guys have talked about 5G on the show, but it, it's, it's pretty dire straits right now when it comes to people's knowledge and then the application of that knowledge in regards to um, Wi-Fi and 5G and all these different things that we're kind of, we're being bathed. I mean, right now I'm, I'm gratefully I'm ethernet right now, but I still have Wi-Fi in the office, you know, so I, I, I want to change my entire home to be no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's, um, that's a big change that I made when I moved to, to Delray last, last August. It's part of the reason that I looked for a town that I really enjoyed, but that also had low population density, knowing that the average person has seven wireless and Bluetooth devices. You're in a place mm-hmm. with 8 million people like Chicago, you know, yeah. 56 million devices versus Delray beach on paper, 60,000. That was, that was, these were things that I took into account, um, before moving here along with, of course, getting more sun, which is, which is one of the things that Kyle talked about. And I'm mm. working on, on dancing a line because we've been talking about 5g and some of these things for so long that it went from like, I'm like the tinfoil hat guy, which was, I, I think that played a role in Nick Pino, you know, and like the, the title of his book that he put out the non tinfoil guide to, um, to EMFs for anyone that isn't familiar, but now people are becoming more aware of it. And I'm like, I, I a lot of people don't want to hear it too, because they feel almost helpless. Like ah, it's everywhere. What am I going to do? I need my sure. cell phone. I need Wi-Fi. Stop talking about it. Cause it's negative. Yeah. So no one said that to me, but that's me putting myself in their position. So I'm trying right. to find the line of, of communicating how important this issue is, how much it affects us. And at the same time, not just annoying people and being like, you're saying the same shit over and over again, dude. Yeah. I think people tend to say, don't talk about something. It's negative because it's a way for them to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And whether you look at it through a lens of personal development or you just look at it through a lens of maybe society's consciousness is, is um, moving so quickly that we're going to see people divide into camps of people that don't want to grow quickly in consciousness and people that just are going to surrender to the fact that consciousness is on an evolutionary scale that's about to be completely exploded. Because if you look at the types of conversations that even you and I are having today on the show or that people are doing in our, in our industry on social, the conversations are changing. And so the old paradigm of like, ah, if something's uncomfortable, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know about 5G. I don't want to know about GMOs. I don't care about glyphosate. I don't care about irritation of foods and all this stuff. It's changing so quickly because people are tired of feeling pain. You know, pain is the ultimate teacher, man. And so I think either pain or pleasure is going to lead us somewhere. I'd rather be led by pleasure personally. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I, there's there's a divergence taking place now and there's there's some people who are not taking the time to evolve and learn how to really thrive in this changing world yeah. and there's the people who are who are um and and i think that with how much information that we're inundated with not just the devices themselves but the fact that you can spend all day listening to podcasts and audiobooks and conversations i think these things are great however if it comes at the expense of the third component that Paul check brought up time with yourself reflection, it's going to at some point negatively impact your own evolution and the expansion of your consciousness. And beyond that, I think that there is an unspoken belief behind the need to consume so much information from other places. It's almost like you're, you're, you're telling your subconscious that you don't trust yourself your own intuition and your ability to come to your own conclusions with the inherent wisdom that we were born with that we yeah. all have. 
So anyway, that's not even a question. I don't know. You just got me. No, I mean, I, I, I love where you're going with that. I almost feel in a way that this um, this conversation about intelligence, you know, earlier we were like, you know, there's the spiritual, there's the personal, there's the societal. They're, they're all intelligence. I mean, look at intelligence is just information, man. Like the hieroglyphics in Egypt were intelligence, right? So it's just zeros and ones. Everything we do is zeros and ones. And so when I understand intelligence in this construct that you mentioned about consciousness, I think some people just want to stay dumb. Now that might sound negative. I'm not trying to, for it to be negative or positive. I'm just saying um, my truth about what I deem to be to be there. So I think that some people fear the intelligence actually allowing them to grow. And that fear is based on a paradigm that was connected to lineages that passed on through grandparents, great grandparents. I mean, if you look at the, um, I forget his name, but the author of Many Lives, Many Masters, he explored how not just um, emotionally, but epigenetically, that these poverty consciousness, fear consciousness, trauma consciousness, and even the work of Bessel van der Kolk, um, where he talks about the, the body keeping the score, you know, somatic experiencing. I know for myself in my diaphragm and my solar plexus and in my throat, those were a lot of the somatic experiencing areas where I had to do work. And I still get to do work in my life to make sure that I'm keeping the conduit clean. Because if my conduit's clean and I'm, and I'm a vessel for whatever spirit, whatever intelligence wants to come through, then I'm doing my work, man. And then I'm living life happy. I'm able to love and um, connect with a woman, connect with my friends, connect with myself. But if my conduit's dirty, either physically or emotionally, um, I can't do much with a dirty conduit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we kind of transition on to, to some other fun stuff, what you brought up hit me so hard with, with those four components, the singing, dancing, time with self and stories. When you first came across that advice or um, epiphany from Paul check, how, what changes did it inspire in you? Mm. Man? I mean, I, I even told Chuck when I was interviewing him, um, I haven't been embodying, you know, it really, it really brought me to a humble place actually when we sat together at his house because I understood that I'd been in the gathering. I understood that I'd been in the applying, but the embodying phase was something that wasn't true. And, you know, it's kind of, it's like vulnerable for me to say, but it's the truth. And that was the vulnerability was that I am this leader of wellness force and, you know, wellness force radio. And I have people that, that watch and listen for guidance. And, and that third component, that embodying component, I wasn't doing like I really wasn't doing, and that's the truth. And it's scary, I think, to be like known in health and wellness, but then not being fully uh, comprehensively well. And so then I realized, oh, that's just my ego and shame talking. We're all doing the best we can, man. And so, you know, just because I'm leading people to um, an informational source or a trusted source within uh, the things and the conversations that I have, all I'm doing is reminding the people that listen or watch of the truth within themselves. And I'm just like them. We're human beings. I don't have to be perfect. This, this um, conversation in my mind stemmed from a lot of things that happened in childhood where I have to be perfect. I have to drive. I have to white knuckle. I have to hustle, baby, grind. <laughs> and I just realized this year through some pretty, pretty intense events, uh, one event where I almost lost my life, um, I just realized, man, perfection is the ego's lie. And, and so is not being vulnerable. There's, there's safety in not being vulnerable, but that safety is laced with the poison of loneliness and um, I don't want to be lonely. I do want to be vulnerable. I do want to speak my truth in every place, every stage, every podcast, because when I do it, man, even if it's uncomfortable and scary, it's like someone listening unlocks that within themselves. And so with Chuck, I mean, I even told them right there, yeah, I, I'm carrying 10 pounds of, of body weight that for some reason, even with my tracking, even with my biohacking, even with my movement and everything else, my body for some reason does not feel safe to let it go. So I'm really surrendered to that now. And this led me to actually in three days, I'm going to go to Thailand and work and live in Thailand to be around the sun, to be around that peace, to be around kind of like a feminine energy, a calming, cooling energy. Um, it's a long answer to your question, man, but that's, that's the biggest change in me is like leaning into the embodiment phase and being imperfectly perfect about it. How long are you going to be in Thailand for? 30 days. Yeah. A month. Ooh, that sounds lovely. I spent about... Yeah eight, nine days there back in 2014. Oh. And it's an incredible country. What island were you on? Or, or did you just go to Bangkok? 
So no, I actually didn't even end up making it to Bangkok. We, um, I went to Phuket for A-Fest, which is awesome. This fest put on by Mind Valley and Vision Lakiani. I've heard about A-Fest from a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So um, a number of people had recommended it to me and I pulled the trigger in 2014, went out there, did that for five days or so. And then one of my good buddies came out and met me. And then we went from Phuket. We bounced around the different islands to um, Koh Tao. We did one of the half moon parties. We did some scuba diving. Oh, yes. Um, we didn't end up making it to like the, the, was it Kopi P where they filmed the beach and, and uh-huh. all that. But I heard, you know, aside from it being a scenic, uh, a scenic experience, there wasn't too much to do there, you know? Um, so we had so much fun on the islands. We never made it to Bangkok, but I, I would like to go back and spend more time there and get up to Chiang Mai in the North and ride some yes. and all of that stuff. It's, it's one of my favorite places that I've ever been incredibly, beautiful and, um, and peaceful, as you mentioned, mm. the weather's. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, also it's, it's in the, um, it's in the environments that are really healthy. They, ha- they hold a healthy container for our physiology. Like maybe the reason you move out to Florida was because you knew that sun would affect you physically and emotionally. And that's, you know, to circle back to your question, man, the reason I'm really going out there is to lean even further into this embodiment phase you know, where I'm doing the things that I say, I'm, I'm not just applying them, but I'm embodying them so that when I come back home, um, I've been able to turn the knob up of my own intelligence, just because I, I really believe that this world needs more intelligence right now. And so it's my, I guess you could say responsibility, or I'm just taking loving ownership for it regardless, to become as intelligent as I can. Um, and intelligence is the connection of head to heart, not just like reading books, which we talked about today too. Yeah. You, you sort of mentioned that, that epiphany that you weren't living it as much as, as much as you wanted to and and making that transition. And, um, I had a similar experience recently where I think it's easy. Like if, if someone's listening and you feel like the people that you listen to have everything figured out, you know, this, this kind of guru world that we live in. <laughs> the reality is that like, most everyone doesn't if, if they're truly honest. And even when you do go through periods of like, oh, I've got it figured out. This is, this is my rhythm. Things expand, new opportunities come to you and the temptation to work more. Let's say this was the example for me, the, yeah. the temptation to, uh, disregard balance in my life and doing the things that fill me up. Uh, it, it, it was, it, it was alluring and I went for it. I was like more opportunities, more work, let's do it. And I stopped nurturing my soul and it was fine for a long, long time. And then it got to the point where I started pushing myself more and more and more until eventually, um, this was three weeks ago now, we had a webinar that we were doing. I could tell I was stressed. I wanted to talk with Carrie about reestablishing balance and taking more time for my, for my spirituality and, um, and carving out some of these things that I know fill me up. And that day I went for a run and I was kind of thinking about everything. And then I was decompressing and hanging upside down. We've got a pull-up bar on the side of the house. And as I came right side up and I unhooked I unhooked the teeter boots from the pull-up bar. I was hanging and I felt this dizziness is, I guess the only word I could, I could describe. And then I blacked out and I came to, I'd fallen and I was up against the fence on the side of my house. Wow. And I've never blacked out before. I've never had that experience. And, um, part of it, I was going to bring this up with Kyle too. They had talked about new vigil and, and, certain people using that to get more done, just basically like a derivative of modafinil. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, one of my doctor buddies gave me a couple of them. I was like two days into it, three days into it. Didn't feel good at all. was like getting a lot done, but I felt emotionless, which I don't, it's a feeling I don't like. And, um, I have questioned how much that may have played a role in it. And I was getting some structural integration done a few days later. And the girl doing it goes, didn't Aubrey black out unexpectedly while driving his car? And I was like, huh. And now I don't know if he was taking it or not for sure, or if it played a role at all, but mm-hmm. all these things are related and the stress and the lack of balance and doing that for an extended period of time and not embodying the other things that I teach people like 
taking care of yourself and and truly loving yourself and all of that, you know, it all came to a head in that experience. And that's the first time I've shared it. Even some of my closest friends don't know that yet. Um, but it was, it was an awakening and like get back to it. You know? Yeah. The awakening. And that's the, that's the plural. It's like, we're not awake yet. We're awakening. And like, I, I love that you shared your story, man. Cause shoot, you know, I, I see you as one of the leading voices in our space for biohacking. So the fact that like you can be quote, quote, at the top of the digital mountain and say, Hey guys, uh, I actually blacked out cause I took the wrong medicine. Cause I was moving too fast. I mean, that's so fucking honest. <laughs> you know, it's so, yeah. so like, this is what, this is what people want. Everybody's starving for connection in an overconnected world. It's not just something that makes a headline. I'm not yeah. saying that. So it'll be some tweet somewhere. It's the truth. Like we're so connected on paper online, but when it comes to like real connection, where you're sharing what's really going down with you and what's really up with your heart and with your life, with your relationships, with your stress, like these are the things that, that people want to talk about so badly. And like, here we are talking about it, man. So, you know, the, the, the imperfect, perfect process of life, it's just really a skill set of vulnerability and surrender. The, the surrendering skill is the hard one for me. You know, when I, cause I'm, I'm like you, like I want to get shit done. I want to do whatever I can to get it done. And, and there, there is a skill set that's strong of, of surrendering and surrendering is not about not working. It's not about um, not having responsibility. It's about doing concise and consistent practices for your spiritual health like breath, like cold, whatever it is to keep the conduit clean so that that conduit can receive the actual intelligence to surrender. I mean, the truth is if we're dirty, if our conduit's dirty, if we're not doing our work to upkeep the physical and the emotional, the the skill of surrender will never come through because the body's always going to be in sympathetic. It's always going to be like fight and flight and taking care of shit. Uh, True intelligence can't get through. It can't get in the conduit if we're blocking it with the dirt that we're creating. What has had the biggest impact on you bridging the gap between knowing and doing or cleaning your conduit since we're yeah. uh, hey, uh, it's uh, the same I, thing. Hey, what, what has provided yeah. some breakthroughs in your yeah. life? Um, the most profound breakthroughs I've had have been through plant medicine and breath work. I would say that the beginning for me started as a trainer working on my physical practice, you know, strength training, movement, yoga, those things are great. And those things set me up to be able to do like a float tank session without freaking out, to be able to do an ayahuasca journey without losing my mind or even losing my mind and coming back to my heart um, to be able Where to did you do ayahuasca. I did ayahuasca at a place called Rhythmia. It's Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. I had done some some sessions here um, in the U.S., um, the Santo Daime church has legal administration of ayahuasca, but uh, there was a moment on my fourth night of ceremony in Costa Rica, which was incredibly profound where I had a lot of things happen where I was seeing things that had gone down when I was small, um, abuse type things, you know, like getting spit on, getting, having padlocks thrown at me, getting, getting beat up in school. I was a pretty overweight kid in school. So all these things that happened, I, I, I had essentially blacked them out. And there was a moment as the sun was coming up on the fourth night of ceremony. And I just felt this intense love. I, there's no other way to describe it. An intense love that surrounded me. And, and I ripped my shirt off. I was wearing this white ceremony shirt. I threw my shirt in the fire and I, and I did that. I felt this huge expansion in my belly and I burped out like this kind of black bubble looking thing. Yes, I was tripping, but it was also psychosomatic. It was also real. And I saw almost like, you know, on Minority Report where he puts the gloves, where Tom Cruise has the gloves and there's all the things up on the screen. I saw all these memories that had happened, like laid out. And I just kind of like allowed them to drop. And I turned and I looked at young Josh. He was like 13 years old. And I said, hey man, that's never going to happen to you again. And I got you. Like, I got you there. That's never going to go down like that again. And I just kind of held him. And then he turned into like a seven-year-old Josh where here I am a, a 37, 38 year old man, like holding myself at 13 and seven. And that's really what allowed me to take a damn deep breath. You know, it's, it's written on my arm in Italian. It's posso respirare, posso scegliere. And it means if I can breathe, I can choose. And I got this a year and a half ago before I did Mark Devine's 20X, which is like this 14 hour crucible because I was, I was nervous and I'd always wanted something to kind of guide me to let go of anxiety. And I've been realizing connecting the dots backwards to your question. It's like, what made the difference? What was so big for me? 
I think I'm actually reverse engineering. I think I'm living my life backwards because I see what's coming and I see the growth and expansion like that's already there. And I think I'm just living it backwards. I'm like living my life towards the expansion that's already possible. And a lot of it has to do with my breath and my willingness to sit with my uncomfortableness. And I'll tell you, man, like breath work and plants, there's nowhere to hide. It's you and you and your observer and you get to come out stronger. Um, and that's, that's been the biggest piece for me in life. What, what role has, I, I'm very interested in ayahuasca and, um, I feel like these two things go together and were they both a part of your experience at, at the Rhythmia Life Advance yeah. in Costa Rica? The, the powerful thing is that like arrhythmia, it's, it's a luxury facility. So uh, we're seeing a resurgence with, you know, Michael Pollan was recently on the Colbert show talking about psilocybin and he's got the book, How to Change Your Mind. So we're seeing national attention on the healing power of psychedelics and, and also psychedelics for personal growth. Because in my, in my opinion, there's no room for party drugs. Like I think any type of uh, healing plant or healing medicine should be done in a safe container. And that's exactly what they have arrhythmia. You know, it's like seven days, four ceremonies, medical observation, uh, farm to table, organic food. You're in one of the blue zones, which is Guanacaste, Costa Rica. Um, you're actually able to meet with their physician and have an intake process. They screen out people that aren't the right fit. Um, they partner with some of the people that I've most trusted in spiritual health for a long time. Michael Beckwith, Gabor Mate, um, probably the world's leading addiction specialist, and also Graham Hancock. You know, these, these types of people and the types of relationships they have is really unsurpassed. And so when they reached out to me earlier this year to, to have me down there and, and showcase my experience on Wellness Force, I was in. Like I had already been doing my work. I'd already been exploring this, this um, space of personal growth through plants. And when it came to me going down there, I had no idea what I was in for. You know, don't get me wrong. I didn't know that I was going to be tearing my shirt off, seeing these things that happened to me when I was a kid. But when I left, I was really able to come from a place where uh, I knew that I loved myself. I knew that I accepted myself. And uh, I knew that I was enough, man. You know, I, we're all enough. And I think the, the perpetuation of society advertising consumer packaged goods, it all rams stuff down our throat telling us we're not good enough in some subtle way or in a major way. And when it comes to plants and breath and, and choosing to put ourselves in these states, we just get to be reminded that we're enough. And that's it. This is why Brene Brown's work is so powerful right now too, because um, I think it's taking everybody back home, man. I need nothing has been a mantra that I've been sitting with a little bit and, yeah. and, and using it to reconcile decades of, driving myself to become more through an underlying belief that I am never good enough, that the, that the growth should never stop, which I don't think it should, but the place that I was coming from was not as healthy as it could have been. And yeah. I'm working on some of this detachment and, and a, a, an understanding and feeling of, um, that I need nothing and it's easier said than done. But it's, yeah. it's an important emotion. And I think it, it links to all of this stuff. And, yeah, and I think it's at, the undercurrent of, it's at the undercurrent of everything we've been discussing today. It's like, okay, if you stripped everything away, if, if you weren't biohacking secrets, if I wasn't wellness force, if we were just two souls talking, what the hell are we? We're a meat suit on a rock in the middle of outer space with a spirit inside of it. The observer watches. I mean, it's a crazy thing that we're even here, my friend. It's, it's crazy that we're even here. So let's just enjoy it. Let's, let's connect with each other. Um, and let's, let's make the human as healthy as possible, you know? What's up, guys? Anthony DiClemente here, and this message is brought to you by Buy Optimizers. So a few years ago, I was in a frustrating situation. After just about every meal, I would experience gas, bloating, stomach distension, constipation, even diarrhea. And this three-month gut reset protocol completely changed the game. I'd tried a ton of things. Nothing had really worked that well until I did this. So what I did was I combined masszymes by Optimizer's enzyme formulation that helps to break down protein and increase your own immune system's effectiveness with their probiotic at a specific dosage of 10 capsules of masszymes with five capsules of the P3OM probiotic taken in the morning on an empty stomach and then at night on an empty stomach. And right away, I started seeing some positive improvements. Then I added another six capsules of the masszymes and three capsules of the P3OM probiotic before each meal. And a 
few months of that, specifically three months, nine bottles worth, my gut was almost completely fixed. Throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire, I made sure to fast for 14 to 16 hours between dinner and my first meal the next day to increase autophagy, upregulate the immune system, and help clear out some of the other viruses, bacteria, even parasites that can inhabit our, our gut. And that made a massive difference for me. And if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it will probably make a massive difference for you. So if you guys want to check out that gut reset protocol, it requires nine bottles of the Masszymes, nine bottles of the P3OM, and you can get it at buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. We've got all the discount codes already applied and put together a nice a, a nice way for you guys to save on the package when you go there. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M. I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. And you'll see the three-month gut reset protocol that includes nine bottles of Masszymes and nine bottles of P3OM. Take it as recommended and you will see a huge improvement in your gut health. Check it out. The, tell me a little bit more about, tell the listener about the breath work that you've done that you found most helpful for you. Man, um, I'm actually this morning, I right back here in the office, I have a stool and I, I do uh, box breathing, which I learned from Mark Devine. And I do it in front of the juve light because it increases my testosterone. Um, and also I just Balls like the out. feeling. What's that? Balls out. Balls out, dude. I don't put anything. I don't want to block the, the photobiomodulation, right? I want to get it to my skin. So I, I put it right there on the unit. And, and um, <laughs> and so that, that way I can warm my body temperature. I can, I, what I do is I, I have a system that's, that's called M21 and it's, it's how our community kind of like starts their day. And so I start my day with, I make my bed, I, I go in front of the juve, I hydrate with lemon and water and salt. Then I sit in front of the juve and I do my breath work and it's, and it's 21 warrior breaths. So it's very fast, like pranayama breathing. So I'll go, <sighs> 21 times. And then I'll do a five count box breath, which is five sides, you know, five seconds, uh, five inhale, five hold, five exhale, five hold. And I'll do that for five, sometimes 10 rounds. And then I'll start my meditation. So I'll prime my I'll hydrate. I'll prime my body to sit still by getting into my sympathetic and then turning my body to more parasympathetic, depending on if I had nightmares or not, you know, sometimes like first thing, the, the biggest dis, dis, discipline for all of us is to just leave the phone where it is and not check anything and just literally like the biggest, I think, biohack for the morning is to not check electronics. Mm -hmm. So for my breath work, if, if I notice that I'm distracted in my breath work, it's, it's what happened before I did my breath work. Nine times out of 10, if I'm doing my breath work and I'm just present to the breath work, I'm going to be set up for a really great meditation session. And then after that comes journaling, man. But I think, I think the box breath has been great. I've also been playing around with Soma breath. Soma breath is a two second inhale, four second exhale with um, specific measurement through a Mossimo um, oxygen uh, sensor where I can check my saturation throughout the Soma because Soma breath is something that I'm actually going to be going to Thailand to get certified in because breath work for me, as I, as I showed you my tattoo, it's like, Breath work for me is everything, you know, wherever I am in life, whatever, however much stress I have, like whatever shit I'm going through, if I can just remember to breathe, well, then I can, I can choose, I can choose my state. I can choose my attitude. I can choose if I'm going to be heart open. Um, so those, those have been big, man. The box breath and, and the Soma breath have been really pivotal. This device that measures, it measures your blood oxygen saturation. Yes. So it's the Mossimo. It's the Mossimo. It's very similar to heart math. Heart yeah. math measures it at the ear um, yeah. and they have their systems and their algorithms. But I like Mossimo because it's real time. Um, I can, because we never want to get below 55%. If we get below 55%, there's a danger there. There's too much hypoxia. So mm -hmm. intermittent hypoxia. And by the way, if, if you're listening and, and you've met with your physician, do your breath work. But if you haven't met with your physician or if you don't feel comfortable doing it, do not do your breath work. Breath work is very intense. Um, it's not for everyone. And so, yeah, I like the Mossimo because it's real time and I have it set up where it'll, 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 it'll activate. It'll tell me with an auditory sound if I'm going too low. You touched on something. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Cause I don't want to hurt myself. Right. Cause I, I'm, I'm like you, I like push. So I, I get to just have these little external mirrors of mindfulness. That's what all these biohacking devices are for. They're just little mirrors for us. And do you, do you push yourself to where you're getting around that level of hypoxia every morning? 
not every morning, but um, once a week, I'll do a check-in, like a longer session. And it's in those longer sessions that I, that I get down to those states. And by no means am I telling everyone that they should jump out and do breath work. I think it's a, please learn how to do it correctly. It seems so simple, right? Oh, do breath work. You just breathe. No, this is an ancient and very um, nuanced science of, of proper techniques and breathing that people should just not go and run into. There's, there's a progression to it. Um, I actually got turned on to a tremendous amount of breath work at Rhythmia because they do a lot of breath work there with Christian Minson, who was a friend of mine. He was actually here in San Diego. I was in a men's group with him. And then I got to Rhythmia and I'm like, dude, you're here. He's like, yeah, I've been here doing breath work. Uh, he had been trained in breath work for like, uh, I think almost 20 years. So there are people that make, uh, industries, careers out of breath work. And I think, Anthony, we're going to see in the biohacking space, breath work um, start to have even more of a, of a conversation because um, it's free. You know, the knowledge, you, know, you might you know, you pay for the knowledge, but breathing is free. You know, we don't have to wear a headset to breathe. Especially with how much anxiety has exploded as, yeah. as, a, as a challenge people face. And this is, this is a tool that can, um, that can create that instant state change, which is something that you mentioned that I think is so important, especially for the people that feel like they're not good at meditating. So Mm. I think it's important to dispel the myth that like some people are good at it. I truly believe that it's one of those things that like, you know, people aren't just born good at working out. It's, it it comes with practice and like, and logging your time. But in order to truly get into meditation and make it as easy as it can be, I believe there needs to be a state change first, whether that's through breath work or exercise or both. Yeah. That is what makes it where you can observe the changes that are taking physiologically taking place physiologically in your body. Because if it's the same as things always are, it's difficult to observe nuances, but if you create a change and different sensations and, and your physiology is different, um, then you can tune into that and direct your consciousness and attention and awareness to things and feel like you're actually meditating more effectively. Yeah, uh, man, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I, two years ago, I did Vipassana, which is this 10 day silent meditation. Oh, yeah. And by day four or five, I was done. Like, I mean, I, I had learned my, I had learned, I had cried. I had, I had really went within. I'd really, I'd really understood that I was the cause of my own problems. And I think that's the core teaching of most Vipassana. It's like Anicca, everything is impermanent, you know, focus on your breathing. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, I'll never do it again. If I ever do a breath um, weekend again, or not a breath weekend, if I ever do like a, like a Vipassana, I'll do a three day because I I think sometimes certain mediums and health call to certain people for reasons of which only that person knows. And I love that you said like changing the state so we can then notice the changes from baseline in meditation. That's big. Because in Vipassana, you wake up every day at like 4.30 and you go right to meditation. There's no stretching, there's no breathing, there's no, there's no anything. And so I think, you know, look at how a car started. We prime the gasoline in a car before it goes. We let an engine heat up before it goes on the road. Why are we not applying that to meditation? You know, why are we not applying some kind of a warm-up or a, or a progression to meditation? I, I, think, I think that's a great point. For someone listening who is having trouble bridging the gap between knowing and doing, you know, where they're still listening to tons and tons of podcasts, which is not a bad thing, but, um, if it's, if it's constant, you know, um, acquiring of information and seeing, um, how do you help them? What, what advice do you have for that listener to start applying more things or what's the shift that they need to make in their mindset in order to bridge that gap? Yeah. I think, um, inventory over victimization or freneticism. And the reason I say that is because every business has an inventory where they keep stock of, you know, how many things they have to sell, how much they have to to give to their community. And so the emotional inventory, I think is something that everybody can breathe into because uh, and I can describe what this emotional inventory is, but, but on the other side of inventory is victimization. It's um, freneticism. It's like being in a hurry. It's, it's like, oh my gosh, my life is happening so fast and all these things are going on and I don't know what to do. Well, all you get to do in that moment is stop. It seems too simple, right? It's like, well, I can't stop. I have all these things going on. You know, you know that you could stop if you truly 
desired to stop. There's some kind of payoff that the human being gets. And I know because I've, I've fallen into this trap and I, and I will probably fall into it in the future. I'm not perfect. Like there's something that the human being gets almost like um, uh, a visceral response, like a nervous system response where there's a payoff. There's a payoff on some deep level to people being in a hurry. And it's taking an honest inventory of what are you actually receiving? What are you getting paid from being in a hurry? Because typically being in a hurry, if you look at the work of Prentice Mulford in Thoughts or Things, being in a hurry is fear. Being in a hurry is lack of trust. Being in a hurry is not actually being in the present moment. So I would say if somebody's listening and they're like a podcast junkie, and I am too, like I love, I love podcasting with like yeah, me all too. my soul. I love podcasting and I listen to multiple podcasts a week. But in that moment where you're gathering, you're gathering, allow yourself to stop. And just allow yourself to just be there, take a breath, change your state, do your breath work, jump on a rebounder. I don't know, just, just get out of that constant frenetic mental cycle and take an inventory. And it's as simple as get a journal on one half of the journal, write 10 things you're grateful for in your life, truly grateful for. I mean, like viscerally, like I'm grateful for my mother, my father, my food, my spouse, whatever. And on the other side, write 10 things that you know are causing you the most stress. Mm. And apply out of all those 10, circle the one that you love the most, the one that feels the best to you, and circle the one on the right that's the most uncomfortable. Like, okay, in the next seven days, now that I've taken this inventory from all the things that I know, now that I've given myself the gift of pausing, what is that one thing? Like, what's the one thing in the next seven days that I'm truly committed to changing? The one that kind of scares me to think about changing could be job, relationships, health practice. I don't know. Circle that. And then literally, this is the big step after the inventory call somebody that you know that you have in your trusted circle and tell them why you're changing it. And then also tell them on the same call, the one thing you're the most grateful for. So you're not just calling them to complain. You're calling them for support. We're all wired for connection, man. It's what we talked about in the first part of the show. This inventory stops the frenetic gathering and the emotional inventory, the 10 and 10, the circle, the circle, and the what am I committed to in seven days? I think that really brings it home. It brings it home to something practical that we can do that's truly realistically, uh, it's going to happen. It's a, it's a realistic process. In seven days, you can change anything you want to, but you can't do it alone. You know, you got this podcast, you have so many people in wellness, you have your friends and your, your support network that'll really help you. But if you don't say that you're scared, if you don't tell somebody, if you don't talk, you know, going back to the four from check, like if we're not feeling our voice, if we're not kind of singing in a way, really, if we're not, if we're not connecting with a friend, um, that'll help us, that'll give us support as we make the change. It's hard to make the change when it's just us. And I think that's the biggest piece that can help anyone listening to the show. I love it, man. I, when I'm truly honest with myself and catch myself in those patterns of like going from thing to thing to thing, especially, you yeah. know, you're running down the to-do list or you're doing a whole bunch of shit and like none of it really matters. The, at the core of it, there's laziness. It's cognitive lazy for me, at least there's cognitive laziness where I'm not doing the important work of deciding what actually is important. What's the most important thing I'm saying, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do a whole bunch of shit. And, and it's, you know, maybe there's also some avoidance there or, um, you know, maybe you don't want to tackle the most important thing. Maybe you're afraid of success or maybe you're afraid it's going to be a lot of fucking work if you try yeah. to sit down and write that book, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. But that's what I've observed for me is like the, the, the activity at the expense of progress at its core is often fear-based um, and laziness-based. Mm. God, I love that explanation because I'm, I'm coming across this concept of decision fatigue you know, we only get, Brendan Burchard talks about, we only get like 150, like really quality decisions, high tension decisions every day. And so this is why Steve Jobs wore the same clothes every day. You know, he didn't want to decide because every little decision we make throughout the day, like it, it, it weighs on our, on our brain, on our brain power. And, and whether you take nootropics, that's fine. Those, those can help. But if you find that you're a human being that really likes to mash the gas pedal down, I would say that you just get to let up a little bit. I'm not saying you need to stop or just, just let up a little bit. Like just relax because 
there's going to be moments where life's going to present so much stress to you that that's when you're really going to need that decisions uh, to not be at its fatigue limit. So don't make it so hard for yourself. Give yourself the gift of being still, being in, in a different state. Life's going to give you challenges regardless, man. You guys don't make it harder on yourself than it actually is. Um, and that's a practice. You know, this type of thinking, this type of transformation is a practice that I'm still learning. I'm learning every day, but that's my intention behind it. Me too. This is great. I'm having a blast. Um, to wrap it up, how do you feel about some, uh, some rapid fire questions? Oh yeah. Rapid. Now look, I had all my like devices out. I was going to show you all my stuff. We can do whatever you'd like, whatever's going to be of most service to this conversation. I'm down wherever you want to go, man. Let's do both. Okay. Let's, let's start with your devices. Then we'll do the rapid fire round. And then, okay. uh, yeah, let's do it. What do you got? All right. So in the office, I have, this is for beginning meditators. I have the muse. Muse is amazing because over time you can see how much alpha, how much beta you're in. Love that. I have the casina. The casina is fantastic for binaural beats where it has an actual headset that you wear with glasses. So you're not only going to receive binaural beats, but you're also going to get like an um, ocular response so that you really deep cycle into your sleep or your whatever you're doing. There's also programs in the casina so you can be more active, more cognitive, more cognitive. I also have this right here. It's called the Modius device. And Modius is really awesome because you can wear it. It's from Egypt. You wear it on your head like this. These sensors go back here and they actually tap into the hypothalamus, which their whole ethos with this is about weight loss. I just use it for relaxation where it taps back here behind the ear. It's like a hard wiring into our brain and it gives the response of calmness. Over time, they're showing studies that people lose more weight with the Modius just because of that hypothalamus response and the way that it regulates um, weight and thyroid function as well. Probably driving so, cortisol down too. Yeah. Have you heard about the Modius before? I have not. I haven't heard about the Modius. I think I've tried the casino once at okay. Biohacking Week, but I'm not positive it was that exact device. Um, I'm excited awesome. about the casino and the Modius so far. The casino is awesome, man. Okay. Here's one more toy. This is, this is the halo sport. Halo sport sits right on the motor cortex in the center of the brain. And it's a primer for when you're going to do like a heavy deadlift or even just to get in your body. What it does is it upregulates all the sensory nerves in your motor cortex. And that allows you to be specific in your movement. The science on this is phenomenal. The, the founder of this company, like they've worked with Navy special warfare. It's, it's very cool. Um, the next one's for jet lag. This is retimer. Retimer is excellent because it applies these LEDs right to your eyes and it's going to sit and push light right into your eyes. So those photoreceptors in your eyes, they're actually going to get more awake. You can also dial it down so you can be like in your proper time zone. And I think on their website, they have um, some strategies for people that travel a lot. This thing's kind of big. I just use it when I get home. Honestly, I don't, I don't travel with this thing. I love it, man. I had no idea you were such a big biohacker. Oh yeah. I mean, look, while I'm on your show, like the, the emotional and the physical is like where, really where I love to talk, but all of these things I just enjoy. Cause I don't know, they, they kind of appeal to the kid in me. I think that's yeah. why we all love biohacking is cause it's just fun. We don't have to take it so seriously. Yep. Yeah. But I think that's all I got for right now, man. That's all my little, Oh, I have one more. Um, I have the, this is really cool. And I will travel with this. This is called the power dot and the power dot is, um, EMS electrical muscle stimulation and it, you place it on your body. It's the same thing as like the technology with Compex that all these CrossFitters use and with power dot power dots great because you just run it from your phone and there's no wires you literally just stick this on your legs like i'm going to wear it on the plane and i'm going to get um just different blood flow relaxation massage um electrical muscle stimulation is really good for lymphatic system drainage and just honestly for relaxation and just for for blood flow for circulation so those are all the toys man that's all I got. Dude, I love it. That was, this is, is like show and tell. I've got the, the Mark pro that I use. Oh, that's for, a good one for the that's same thing really with, with yep. blind. Um, I'm going to check these out. This is, oh, this is fun. We should do more of these like biohacking show and tell. Yeah. Um, rapid fire round. You ready? Ready. All right. And I should mention behind you for the people that are just listening to the audio, you've got the Organifi green juice. I see the green, yeah. the gold, I see yeah. qualia. Um, yeah. So those are, I would assume also a part of your regimen. I did some red juice before we got, yeah, it's the best man. I'm, I'm, I love Organifi. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, cool. Rapid fire. What movie book or podcast episode changed your life? 
This is interesting. The movie Rudy changed my life. Um, it's a story about, it's funny. I, I haven't said this story in like a long time. It's um, uh, I think Sean Patrick Harris or Sean Patrick is his name. And it was about this small town kid that like wanted to make it to the Notre Dame football team. Great. And it was so inspiring for me when I was young. I was like, God, maybe, maybe human beings can do whatever they want. Beautiful. What was the last book you read and loved? The last book I read and loved was called The Presence Process. Uh, loved it, man. Everybody got, everybody's got to check out The Presence Process. What's your definition of healthy? Definition of healthy is a, a peace and a trust in my physical body and in my conscious mind and also in my subconscious mind. I like that. What's one product you can't live without? Water. <laughs> I really, I know it sounds crazy. I love water, like Topo Chico, um, Daryl Steiner, like any, any kind of fun bubbly water. Like I got to have that. What do you do to unwind and relax? You're stressed. What's your go-to? My go-to is to either jump on the rebounder because I can do it right here at the office or I lay on the ground and I breathe. I put my legs up on the couch and I make my spine long and I just belly breathe for a, like a minute. Who inspires you, alive or dead? Alan Watts is my teacher, man. I love Alan Watts. I wish I could interview him, but he's, he's passed. He was the original OG for everything, consciousness, spirituality, health. You know, he wasn't exactly a healthy guy, but he, he definitely taught us about what it's like to be in this body and what it's like to be in this life. What one shift in mindset has had the biggest positive impact on your life or success? that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to do it alone. What's your favorite supplement? Favorite supplement. I mean, look, I get to go with Organifi because it honestly works, man. Like I haven't had coffee in two months and I've been doing like three, I've been doing the green, the red. So I'm, I'm all about it. I think these adaptogens, there's some wisdom in these plant adaptogens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got a video that we're releasing of, of, how I integrate the green, the protein, the red, and the gold sort of into. into oh, I got to learn from you how you do that. I'm, I'm stoked for that video. I'll send you the video. There's, okay. there's, there's some ridiculous outtakes that we just threw into the middle, middle of the video. So you're going to see like me in the smallest bathing suit known to man on rollerblades. And you're going to be like, what the fuck was that? Wow. It's just, but it's just funny. <laughs> it was yeah, like it's not, an outtake or something like that. Then we just ended up putting it in the middle of the video, but it's, it's not too often. You see a guy wearing that outfit like that not, it's pretty interesting not too often i was coerced. <laughs> i was coerced into it for for the sake of uh your all entertainment pleasure but hopefully it will work well josh this has been amazing man for for people that uh that are listening and want to stay up to date with what you're working on and upcoming projects what's what's the best way for them to do that yeah. Thank you, man. This was fun. Um, you really created a great space for us to just explore together. And that's, that's really what wellness force is all about. We're, we're men and women discovering plural discovering this, um, physical and emotional intelligence so we can live our life. Well, that's the whole point of wellness force. That's, that's wellness force radio, the podcast, which I would love to have you on as a guest. I think we could learn so much, um, from conscious biohacking from you. And, um, you know, if, if some of the things that I said resonated with you, great. Like, let me know. I'm wellness force all over social. If I said something and you're like, what the hell was he talking about? Uh, reach out to me on social too. It's, it's at wellness force. And then um, we also have a guide that I'd love to give to your audience. It's the M21 guide. They can use it in combination with your teachings. Um, it's at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. It's a 21 minute system that I pulled from, gosh, almost, almost 300 podcasts, you know, um, just really kind of getting the distilled gems from all these leaders in our space. So that's wellnessforce forward slash M21. <laughs> Beautiful, man. I would love to be a guest on your show and have more conversations like this. And we will link to, this is going to be the longest show notes in the history of the game, <laughs> but it's all great stuff. Yeah. And uh, Josh, I blew right through the next meeting, but I was happy and well aware that it was taking place as I did it because this conversation and, and hangout session was incredible, man. So I appreciate you coming cool. on and taking the time. I love what you're doing with Wellness Force and I look forward to us doing more stuff together, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you too. 
Hey guys, Anthony here, and wanted to share a really cool opportunity for you to participate in a case study that could get you a free $10,000 Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine. So here's how it works. If you apply for this case study and you're accepted, they will reimburse 100% of your monthly payment for this Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit. And I get asked all the time, what's my favorite biohack? And right now it is this machine, hands down. It does three things that are incredible and unmatched. One, it fixes metabolic syndrome. So if your body's not burning fat the way that it used to, there's a 2010 study in the Journal of Clinical Biochemical Nutrition showing that hydrogen-rich water, like you get from the Trucy machine, can fix metabolic syndrome and actually improve a lot of the things that are responsible for how well your body burns fat. But it doesn't stop there. It's also an intracellular antioxidant, meaning it's able to get inside your cells where your mitochondria live, those energy powerhouses that make all of your energy. And that energy is what determines how well you age and your risk of disease, right? Well, inside your cells, you also have free radicals. And a lot of those free radicals can damage your mitochondria and affect how well your body makes energy. Trucy molecular hydrogen gets into the cells and protects your mitochondria. So your body makes energy better, you feel younger, and your risk of degenerative diseases goes way down. On top of that, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. This is so important because it decreases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. And it can also keep you thinking more clearly, keep your memory sharper, and help you avoid those periods of brain fog, cloudy thinking, or just where verbal articulation and recall isn't where you want it to be. So if you'd like to participate in this study, you go to truceh2.com slash biohacks. I'll spell that out for you. It's T-R-U-S-I-O. I H and then the number two.com forward slash biohacks. And you click the learn more button on that page. That's by the water machines. Apply for the case study. You'll get on the phone with someone from Trucy and they'll see if you're a fit. And if you are, you could potentially have 100% of your monthly payment reimbursed. So you get this incredible $10,000 molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit completely free. Since using mine, I've felt more energy, better mental clarity. I've had my longest breath hold to date. And other clients have talked about seeing improvements in their energy, how they feel in the morning. But what's even cooler is I had a triathlete recently say that her times in the bike, the swim, and the jog had all improved. And the only thing that she changed was drinking this water. So if you guys are looking to ramp up your metabolism and burn more fat more effortlessly, if you want something that gets into your cells and protects the most important asset you have, which is your mitochondria, the thing that makes all of your energy, or you want to stave off your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia, or just keep your mind as sharp as possible, head over to truceh2.com. That's T-R-U-S-I-I-H-2.com forward slash biohacks, and then click the learn more button on that page and apply for the case study and see if you are a fit to participate alongside me and a bunch of other biohackers and get your Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine with an inhalation unit completely free. And I do recommend the one that has the inhalation unit because there's a lot of evidence suggesting that that, when we breathe it in through our nose, it even more effectively crosses the blood-brain barrier and you're able to reap those benefits we discussed on the cognitive side. Thanks a lot, guys, and hope to see you in the case study. 